Welcome to the Court to Corporate Podcast. I'm your host, Kirby Porter. On this show, we sit down with current and former athletes to discuss their personal playbooks and dive deeper into how it has translated into success and lessons outside the game and in the business world. You can find this podcast on your favorite streaming platform or at courttocorporate.com. Court to Corporate is all about amplifying the journey of athletes in corporate America and showcasing how your athletic influence can serve to build your path. Stay up to date with more content and perspectives across all of our social platforms. These will be linked in the show notes or they can be found on our website. Thank you for tuning in. Let's get started. Okay, welcome back. So I, I realized I did not mention this in the last episode. We're continuing along with the Q&A, obviously, but if you want to submit more questions, just head to our Instagram and you can submit it through the founder Q&A highlight and we'll just kind of pull them from there and, and, um, and keep at it with this. So the question this week that we're answering is, or that I'm answering is, how did you know where you wanted to start in marketing? So I'm actually going to answer this question a bit more generally because I could, you know, talk about my personal experience all day and why I decided to go back to PepsiCo. But I think to the point of this question, this is kind of a general marketing question, or sorry, this is more so of a, a general question for students, for students that are interested in marketing in undergrad because. I guess something that I I experienced and what I often get questions about is that there's not like a set pipeline in place per se that starts as early as your freshman sophomore year for that you see for consulting and finance. So um, I think with that in mind, it is a bit um, not as clear to navigate in undergrad and, and it's definitely something that I had a lot of questions on. So Definitely just going to answer this one more so at a high level. So I can share, I can share the considerations that, um, you know, was advice that was shared down to me and helped me navigate my process because I think it is a self-reflection process in case by case. So I think the first point here is that marketing within companies comes to life in many different ways, and that's just dependent by industry. So whether that's tech, sports, CPG, finance. And so with that, something that anyone should keep in mind is first, just how marketing operates within the context of the company. So more so at a macro level, like how is it operating within the context of other functions? What are the company's priorities? And then what is the decision-making wheelhouse as it pertains to the function that you're passionate about in marketing? And then evaluating that or I think the second component of that is at an individual level you know what are the range and opportunities that you would have had the chance to pursue and then what does development look like for marketers what what does that talent development model look like and and how is that prioritized for the marketing function so with that, I, I share those two kind of like macro level and then individual level things as advice that has been passed down to me because I think those are two things that are really information gathering processes as you go through each internship, as you go through each role, not only from 
the work that you're doing in in your project or within your year's rotation, but also talking to the people at the company that you think that's where you may want to be. And so I think the the first step to 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 round this out, or sorry, to to wrap this up, the first step is to know where you want to be in marketing. Um, I think these two frameworks that have been shared with me, kind of thinking high level and individual level, those two key considerations, um, keeping that in mind as you go through your individual experience and then also as you learn from others. Okay, on to today's guest, Brett Estes. So Brett played football at Brown, and in undergrad, he interned in politics, and that summer he learned that his heart just was not really in it. It just wasn't for him, and moving forward, that became a priority for him to want to make a career out of something that he loved. So that, for him, became sports. He got his foot in the door with an internship at Fenway Sports Management and then came back full-time on the sales side. So at the time of this interview and what we're talking about today is his year-long associate program with Fenway Sports Management. So we're talking about how to navigate getting your foot in the door in the sports industry, the details of what to expect from working on the agency side in sports, and the parallels between the student-athlete experience and the industry culture. Now, recently, Brett began at the Los Angeles Rams in partnership strategy, and he says he's loving it. That really leads to what I love about this interview, and that Brett actually shares that in his year at Fenway Sports Management, he was able to learn what he didn't like about the sports industry and the function that wasn't really for him. But even though he began in this role, he was able to extend beyond this and work on a few partnership strategy projects here and there and identified that as a spot that he loved. He loved the creativity and that aspect of the business. So while we don't cover his his new role in this interview, it's great to see that coming full circle out of the conversation that we're sharing today. So with that, we'll get started. I am a washed up football player from East Greenwich, Rhode Island. Uh, just finished up at Brown University and I just started working at Fenway Sports Management. Cool. What was your experience? Like, tell us more about your experience at Brown, um, your four years, culture of the team, any highlights? So, for me, it's uh, a little extra special because I grew up around the program. My dad has been or had been coaching at Brown for 25 years. Uh, and so I lived in Rhode Island my whole life. I, ever since I was little, I've been going to Brown football games. Uh, and that was always, you know, a, a dream for me was to, was to play at Brown when I was older. Uh, and I ran into some trouble in high school. I uh, was starting on varsity in my freshman year, and then I got three concussions starting my, oh my sophomore God. year. Yeah. Uh, so my dad didn't want me to play football. He sat me down and told me, please don't play football. Oh my God. And I told him that's just not possible. Like it's been a part of my life, my entire life. And I want to continue to be a part of the team. And so 
we negotiated and he allowed me to punt. Uh, what position were you before? I was a tight end and D end. Uh, I was also, so my sophomore year, I got my two concussions and then I came back my junior year and I was only long snapping and then I got my third concussion. Uh, you were this close. <laughs> yeah. You almost got away with yeah. it. <laughs> uh, and so I decided that I would just shift my focus and just focus on punting. And I had a really good senior season uh, and I was able to, to get into Brown on my own and walk on to the team. Uh, and so I like came into Brown without any sort of expectations of, of playing. Yeah. Um, but I was then, you know, able to start competing, uh, uh, for a spot. And I, you know, I never even expected to be at that place. And so to, to even have that was, was special for me. Uh, and so I, I mean, my experience at Brown, like playing for my dad was, was extra special. Um, and it, it was really a dream come true to, to go and get an Ivy League education and be a part of something much bigger and be mm-hmm. a part of Brown football, um, something that had been, you know, part of my family my entire life. Tell us about Fenway Sports Management. So just in terms of the firm's reach, so the properties, brands, athletes that you guys work with, uh, what's, what's under the umbrella? Yeah, so I've had to practice this one a few times. That's like part of the job is learning <laughs> exactly how many properties we have and what we do because we do a whole lot and it's more than just you know Fenway Park and the Red Sox so you know it's everything that the Fenway Sports Group owns so that's a ownership group led by John Henry uh, and they own Fenway Park the Red Sox which everyone can guess from the name Um, but they also bought a stake in Liverpool Football Club so they they own uh, that team and so we do all the partnerships for Liverpool as well uh, and then they also own 50% of a NASCAR team in Roush Fenway Racing they own 80% of Nesson the New England Sports Network which is you know it broadcasts all the Red Sox and the Bruins games uh, and then we also sell for WEI which is the Red Sox radio network so if you're having a if you have a partnership with the Red Sox you can get uh, you know signage in the stadium as well as TV radio um, and then we sell for digital as well. So we have a partnership with uh, Major League Baseball Advanced Media and sell for all 30 teams across Major League Baseball. So if you know someone wanted to sell digital on RedSox.com, we could sell them that. But also if they uh, had like presence in the Seattle market, we could sell them Mariners.com. So uh, and then there's also a few one-off projects that we've been getting into. So. Uh, we're uh, in the process of selling naming rights for the New York Red Bulls Stadium in Harrison, New Jersey. So that's the only stadium in the New York market that is going to have its naming rights up for the next like 20 years because every single other stadium is locked up. Uh, and so we and that that's probably where the business is going to go is expanding into these one-off projects of uh, uh, selling naming rights and uh, maybe even buying another team in the future. I can tell that's a part of the criteria because you got that one down. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's a really big umbrella of influence. So how does, I'm going to abbreviate because it's a long name, how does FSM bring it to life? You're currently in sales, but you also have your consulting arm and your special events arm. So can you just share more about that at a high level? Yeah, so they, you know, we, we kind of have our hands in everything uh, mm-hmm. as an agency. So, you know, not only are we doing the partnerships for all our properties, but we also have a side of the business, like you mentioned, consulting, 
where we work with brands uh, you know nationally so uh, JetBlue, Santander mm-hmm. uh, and the Stewart Healthcare Network we help to build their partnerships in sports and we're, we're uh, you know we're, we're selling things but we're also on the other end of things for those brands um, and then we also have an experience as part of the business where uh, you know we're, we're helping to run uh, Red Sox fantasy camp which is this uh, it's it's something for adults to live out their childhood dreams oh that they gosh. never achieved That's so cute. Uh, where that. you know you go down to our spring training facility for a week and you know you you live like a Red Sox player, you dress in the uniform, and you play baseball all day. That's amazing. Uh, so there's there's stuff like that that we run. There's trips to other stadiums that we run. Uh, you know, we you know if the Royals are coming to town, we run Royals destinations where the the Royals fans get an exclusive tour of Fenway Park. They get to meet a Royals player, uh, and so we have that part of the business as well. That's amazing. Yeah. And so between your internship and now your full time role. What has your personal experience looked like so far? Have you found exposure to these different spaces and functions, or has it been more sales-driven as, as the role that you're in right now? Right, yeah. So I got into sports two years ago because yeah. my major was political science at Brown. And mm-hmm. I went to Capitol Hill. I interned for Senator Jack Reed, and I hated it. <laughs> I mean, it was it was a really cool place to be, but... This was during the 2016 election, mm. and I would go into work every day, CNN would be on, and I would get bombarded with Trump, 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 and the frustrations of politics every single day. Yeah. And I just knew I was not going to be happy if I made that my career, because I'm interested in politics, but I don't like politics. Right. And I realized that in D.C. So I, I knew I wanted to make my career you know, out of something that I love and that, you know, makes me happy every single day and that's sports. So I knew I needed an in in sports and I have some graphic design background. And so because we were playing Dartmouth at Fenway, uh, we had some connections through that where, uh, you know, I was able to land a graphic design internship with Fenway. Uh, And that was the perfect first role for me because you know, I, I was, you know, photoshopping things onto the Green Monster, but I was also starting to learn, you know, the business yeah. through the things that I was doing, like building presentations for our salespeople and that, uh, you know, built my interest in sales. And so uh, after that internship program, I knew that they had a year long associate program. And this has been the perfect amount of experience for me to get what I needed to get my foot in the door in the industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's, it's been awesome. Like, they, they let me explore and do as much as I want. Like, like throughout this, this process of this associate program, like, I've figured out that sales is probably not the, the route for me. Yeah. Uh, and so now I'm taking on more functions of our consulting side of the business and doing more of the partnership strategy side of the business. And so uh, they let you kind of, you know, build your own, uh, you know, sort of experience and okay. that's what I've really appreciated about being with them that's awesome I think there's something to say there about getting your foot in the door but yeah. expanding beyond your role once you're in the experience to make the most of it and pivot when you're able to um, which is amazing Definitely. so what's your day-to-day now um, you're working across different clients like the Red Sox Liverpool mm-hmm. as you mentioned so give us a day in the life of Brett <laughs> well right now baseball is back 
Uh, mm. So it feels like it just ended because we won the World Series, and yeah. so we were playing baseball until the very last out of the the 2018 season. So uh, you know, out in LA, late October. Uh, we closed out the season, and now, you know, what, four months later, we're back to baseball. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, we got our first win last night, um, but it stays busy no matter what part of the season we're in because we have so many properties that there's no off-season for us. Right. And so, you know, for, for me, my day-to-day, I am, I look at everything differently now that I'm in sports because... I will watch a game and I will see every advertisement throughout the whole game. Like before I would kind of barely notice those things, Mm -hmm. but now it's like I see all the LED advertisements that are popping up, all the commercials that are being run. And that's part of my job is to be aware of those things. And, you know, if someone is new to the space, I need to make our salespeople aware of that so that, you know, we, we can go and talk to those companies. Uh, and so that's a lot of my day to day is prospecting uh, and, you know, finding those companies. And then it is, you know, with the people that we're already talking to, it's helping to build those partnerships and imagine what a partnership with the Red Sox could look like. Like, for example, uh, one of the most fun things I've done is kind of uh, build out a partnership for a dating app. Oh, cool. Uh, and so it's, you know, stuff like having a date night at Fenway yeah. where. Uh, you know, we're utilizing some of our spaces where you can go and meet your match. Uh, and then, you know, it's amplifying that on our, our social features. So, uh, you know, I, I thought of a, uh, a social feature where it's, I called it turning singles into doubles, where <laughs> it was, you know, like a, a hard fought double or it's, you know, stealing from first to yeah. second. Uh, and that dating app would sponsor that social feature and get that engagement uh, uh, through through digital. Um, and so that is the stuff, kind of stuff that excites me rather than the day-to-day grind of sales, which is a lot of that prospecting, mm-hmm. like I mentioned, but it's also reaching out to as many people as you can mm-hmm. uh, to drive revenue. And so for me, I, I don't love that side of things as, as much as I like uh, the, the creativity of like building a partnership. And so... Uh, I, I'm trying to drive my day-to-day more to the creative side of things so yeah. that I can you know, perform to my best every single day. Can you touch on the difference in mentality um, versus internship and full-time, especially when coming back to the mm-hmm. same company? Uh, the internship is often contingent on one project, and it really ramps up towards those last few weeks. Um, but mm-hmm. what has been the biggest adjustment for you, given that you were familiar with the space and the culture, with that said, what, what were some of the barriers for you in transitioning to full-time? Right, so the internship, it's always 10 weeks where at least five of them, you have no idea what you're doing. Yes. <laughs> you have absolutely yes. no clue. No uh, responsibilities. Like. Yeah, exactly. And, and that was similar for this associate program as well. I mean, even though I did, like I was familiar with the company, Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't as familiar with the business as some of my coworkers were because I, my background is in political science. And, uh, you know, though I've worked at, you know, other places in sports, um, I, I didn't quite like have that the, the background of business classes and marketing classes. Uh, and so for me, it's it's, you know, I needed to absorb as much as I could during those first few weeks. But. Mm-hmm. Uh, since then, I've definitely, you know, like I, I've 
you know, gone from walking to running and uh, I definitely fully understand our business now and that was crucial for me uh, to get this experience uh, because I didn't quite have that same background as everyone else. Um, but you know, now that I'm in a full-time role, I appreciate the fact that uh, they kind of let you sail your own ship mm-hmm. and they, they allow you to uh, explore those opportunities, like I was saying before, in different areas of, our, of the business mm-hmm. uh, so that you know, you're performing to your best every day. Can you speak on the culture of just working in sports and maybe touch on sales specifically if you'd like? First, uh, just your perspective in pursuing sports. I think you touched on that before. Um, you were interested in politics, but you mm-hmm. didn't love it. Right. Um, what's What's your point of view on that within the sports industry? And um, I think a question that a lot of people get, um, or even my friends that are in sports at the entry level, is how do you get your foot in the door? I think you spoke on that, but there's not a clear pipeline in place. So what was your first step in navigating that? Mm-hmm. So I, with sports, one of the most special things about it, and like every company tries to say like we're a team and yeah. uh, you know there's a culture of teamwork. Like every company is you know trying to say that, but like in sports, the difference is you really live and die by the team. Yeah, and I, I feel like there's you know. It, you know, compared to politics, like there's much more of a team atmosphere mm-hmm. in sports. Uh, and that's something that I've really appreciated being a part of a team my entire life. Uh, you know, being in team sports my entire life, like I definitely craved having that and sports was a great way for me to get that. Uh, and the, the other thing with sports is, you know, the, the product that you're selling is something that makes people incredibly happy. I mean, unless the team's doing bad, yeah. but you know, like I, like w- working in politics, like people would be calling to complain every single day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it wasn't like people were calling to say, you're doing a great job. Uh, whereas in sports, like every single day I see people smiling at the ballpark and it, it's, you know, we're, we're doing stuff that makes people really happy. Uh, and I, I think that's super rewarding for me. Uh, and part of the reason that I pursued it is because it's, you know, it's, it's a place that, especially Fenway Park, that creates happiness. All right. Thanks for listening into this episode. In the meantime, we want to hear from you. Stay connected. Leave us a comment on Apple podcast, DM us or contact us on our website, whatever is easiest. We want to know your feedback and what questions you have. Otherwise, we'll be back soon with more athletes, more perspectives, and more pro tips on the way.